Welcome back to another episode of 180 Degrees. It is me, Zoe George, here. And unfortunately, I am alone, but I am not afraid. Amy is just having a bit of an off day today. I would like you guys to send some prayers to her. She had a bit of an accident this weekend, and she would appreciate everything that you could send her way. But in the meantime, I would love to hear from you guys what you did this weekend. I had a very interesting weekend, actually. I attended a wedding that... Interestingly enough, I did not realize was going to take place entirely in Shona, which is a language I do not speak a word of. Like I know words in many different languages, but I don't know how to say hello in Shona. So it was a very interesting experience. I got to feel everyone's emotions, though. That was very nice. I felt like I was observing something very cultural. And that that is something I cannot replace. And then on Sunday, I had something very interesting happen to me. Very last minute, we went and celebrated a close friend's birthday by renting some bikes at the waterfront and riding from the waterfront onto the Seapoint Promenade. And it was very exhilarating. Like, we rode on the road and then on the walks, and it was just so exciting. I hadn't ridden a bike in over 12 years, so getting back on it was a very strange but very interesting experience. If you guys would like to let us know what you did this weekend, and we would love to hear from you, please WhatsApp us at 081-729-1657. I repeat, 081-729-1657. You can also SMS us if you have those free SMSs like I used to get. You can SMS us at 37988. We would love to hear from you. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. Cape Town. What's down in Cape Town? Cape Town! Now, welcome to the What's Down in Cape Town section of the show. I have some things that I think you guys might want to do down in Cape Town. I have about three different restaurants that I have yet to try. But as you know, I do like to do these things. Just as I said in the intro, I went bike riding, which is something I didn't expect to be as exciting as it was. So let me just get down to it. The first is you can visit the Justenberg Bistro and Deli. Justenberg's Bistro is French fleeked cuisine. It's excellent. The organic wines and rustic country atmosphere are spot on for kicking it back with friends and family in the wonderful wineland settings, paired with old school hospitality and friendly service and a lovely diner enhancing the overall experience. Conveniently, it is situated between Stellenbosch, Durbanville and Paul, and it is considered an ideal place to enjoy breakfast or lunch while also stocking up on your weekly groceries. You can find the bistro in the Klein Jostenberg on the R304 in Moldensburg, Stellenbosch. It is open from Monday to Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. That is the bistro. However, the deli is open from Monday to Sunday from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So you just get an extra hour. Next is you can visit the yard at the Silo District, which is actually in the V&A waterfront, so it's very accessible. Whether you pop in for an early morning Rosetta coffee and a freshly baked pastry before morning at the museum or even a post-cultural salad or smoothie, the yard is an inviting space for a night or two. Think raw concrete and slick marble plush leather seats and a huge industrial style sliding window that looks out onto the silo district. And it is oversized with art installations. You can find this place on the ground floor 
of the silo for in the district of the V&A waterfront. It is open as well from Monday to Sunday for a little bit longer from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And the last place, which is very interesting to me because I looked at pictures of it online and it was giving cottage core, which made me very excited. It's called the Homestead Kitchen, which is actually a pop-up restaurant in the Enchanted Garden. There's no way you could ever imagine Enchanting Garden that exists in a nondescript street in Plumstead. And yet here they are, the Homestead Kitchen, a hidden gem if we've ever seen one, the website describes them as. Launched by OG foodie Elaine Rousseau six years ago, the Homestead Kitchen wears many hats. Not only is it a pop-up restaurant, but it also serves as a special occasion venue and the headquarters of Elaine's 23-year-old catering food business, Food Fanatics. You can find this pop-up at 23 Constantia Main Road in Plumstead. The entrance and secure parking is in, but... Bardia Road. It is in Cape Town. Unfortunately, you can only catch it on Wednesdays from 5.30 to 9 p.m. So you will have to make special effort to go there. The costing of booking costs about between 150 rand to 250 rand for adults. However, if you do have a child with you under the age of six years old, they can get in for free. Now, those are the three most exciting things I thought you could do for this time down in Cape Town. If you guys would like to check them out, I really think you should. You can let us know how you found the place please whatsapp us at 081-729-1657 we would love to hear from you now let's go straight on to the group zoe on 180 degrees some of you may not know this but april is actually the month of autism awareness and actually the 2nd of april was i believe national autism awareness day now we are going to be speaking to Danielle Heim, a speech therapist and head of department at the Vera School. The Vera School is a school that is geared towards people who have autism. It was founded in 1970 and is the oldest of only five government schools in South Africa, which makes specific provision for learners with autism spectrum disorder. The Vera School is regarded as a a specialist resource center in the field of ASD, autism spectrum disorder. Teachers as well as other professionals are encouraged to utilize the school for information, support and guidance and regular workshops are offered. I'm so excited to have you in studio, Danielle. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well, thanks. And thanks for that introduction. It was such a lovely opening for our school. What an honor. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think your school is honestly amazing at everything that they do. I would just like to ask, what exactly, for the listeners who don't know, is autism and how is it diagnosed? So autism, by definition, is a complex lifelong neurological disorder, which typically appears in children before the age of three it, and it varies in severity. So just for the interview, I'm going to refer to people that go to mainstream schools as neurotypical mm-hmm. and um, a person with autism to have a neurological difference and a different way of thinking. Um, it includes difficulties with communication, social interactions and behavior. And it's um, there's a higher ratio of males and females that are diagnosed. So typically about one in five mm-hmm. um, for every one girl is about five boys that would be diagnosed and it's found in people across the world and not limited to any age um, race gender or um, or socioeconomic status um, and then you asked about the diagnosis so um, it has to be done by a qualified professional it'll be a doctor an educational psychologist or a psychiatrist um, and they use something called um, a DSM-5. It's a it's a diagnostical and statistical manual of mental disorders that they look through under various categories. 
um, they use this in partnership with what's very important is observation of the child's behavior. Um, so they look for things um, in their social interactions with people, how they communicate, um, their language, um, you know, everything to do with communication, nonverbal and, and verbal communication, um, and then repetitive patterns of behavior. So there are stereotype behaviors that people might see. So often people think you can see autism, which Mm. Um, isn't always true. Sometimes they do have stereotypical behaviors like walking on their toes or the flapping. Um, you know, some people might see that, but it's not true for all. And then they can be very rigid and ritualistic in what they do. Things have to be done in a certain way. Um, they have, very, they have a need for sameness, um, very fixated interests. And, um, what was recently included into this, into the diagnosis was they, we found a lot of people with autism are either hyper or hyper sensitive mm. to um, to touch, taste, smell, sound, and that. Um, and then they will look at the developmental history of the child. And um, from the parents, they'll get that, and they use that in partnership with the, the observation to to make a diagnosis. Um, what's also very important with this diagnosis is they look at the level of support that mm. that child needs from the adult to in order to function in society and to mm. be um, independent. Um, and then the, what's the, what they do look at right at the end is can what the child is displaying, can you can you say it's a rather a um, intellectual disability or an overall global, they talk about global developmental delay, is it different to that? Is it mm. synonymous of that? Or not synonymous, just different to, to that, yeah. I would like to ask a question though. Yes. Like I, do adults ever really get is there a large percentage of adults who ever get diagnosed with autism who perhaps were not able to get access to a doctor when they were children and they get diagnosed now in their adulthood we are seeing more and more i think the more that people are becoming aware of autism mm. there are people that maybe always felt that they were a little bit different or they mask things um you know they were socially if we talk about maybe a social in intelligence as such, so they 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 could see what was so they were supposed to act like, or they felt they were a little bit different, and they masked, or they they sort of they maybe were your introverted mm. um, teenagers, and they went into jobs that maybe you didn't need to spend a lot of time with other people, and they knew how to interact and what was socially in inverted commas appropriate. And later on, when they started looking back and they thought, oh, hang on a second, <laughs> I'm actually displaying a lot of these behaviors and it's all right. It's not, um, you know, I think people were maybe scared to say mm. that they did or, you know, they saw it as a negative um, diagnosis, which it's absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, we are seeing more and more adults that, that are being diagnosed now in the later stages of their lives. Mm. Can you explain what exactly the autism spectrum is. Yeah, that's, um, that's very important that people understand that it's a spectrum because, mm -hmm. you know, the first time that they ask what you do and the children that you work with, they all think that every person with autism is the same and they mm -hmm. display the same behaviors and, and um, they do differ. If you meet one person with autism, you've only met one person with autism. And if you think about if in the radio station here, you've got your, your mixing board and it's got all the sounds and, you know, you can turn this up and that down. Mm -hmm. So perhaps they speak very, you know, at three years old, they can have a full on conversation with you. Um, or maybe they can read the dictionary, but they take no meaning from it. They don't understand the context. Um, 
And they, they sometimes people would refer to them as having, uh, they need low support or what you, people used to refer to as high functioning. Mm. But if you can generate an entire computer game at the age of 15, but you can't, you don't know when to wash or to tie, to tie your shoelaces, that's not, that you do still need a lot of support. So yeah. there's a, there's a huge range of, um, functioning levels. And you, you know, we look at, all the different levels. So it's very mixed. They call it a scattered profile. So yeah, in some areas you can, they can exceed in and others, they need a lot more help. Does that make sense? I think so. I think so. I, when you were speaking for some reason, I kept thinking about this one character from a show. I really like the big bang theory. Yes. And I kept, yes, Sheldon. (laughs) And like, I was thinking, huh? Cause he was also very, very intelligent. When I hear about people who have autism, a lot of the times I hear that they are super talented in one area, but I didn't realize that that meant that in another area that they would perhaps be quote lacking. Yes. I didn't realize that. And I was just thinking to myself, like, could he perhaps have been written to try and show autism to a mainstream audience and stuff? Yo, but yeah. he kept saying, oh, I'm not crazy. My mother had me tested all, all throughout <laughs> the show. And I, I'm i like, what? I just kept thinking, what is the point of his character as he was speaking about yes. the spectrum? Because I thought to myself, perhaps he could be on the spectrum because he was matching yes. up with a lot of the things you were describing. Yes. I don't know why that popped into my mind. So I would like to ask, how does the Vera school differ from regular schooling? Um, So I'll... I'll take you through a walk. If mm-hmm. I take on a walk through Vera School, if I if I can. So, when you come into the school, you'll see it's calm. Everything's organized. Everything has a visual on it. So, as you walk in, everything is visually explicit, and that's really important for a person with autism, um, because they need to know from when they get out the car, when the children get out the car, where do I go in? How does my day start? Which way do I go? And they come into their class, um, and visual is solid it's there for good so there's no questioning and your context isn't explained in that way um our school is geared for people with autism so we Mm -hmm. support all those aspects that i mentioned Mm -hmm. um and we teach according to how they learn so although we have classes that um that we teach maybe one lesson each child might take something different from it so they wouldn't get the same and we intervene where we need to for each child and because of that, they each have their own individual learning program. Um, and we focus on their strengths to address their weaknesses. Um, there's a huge, ind- that we put a huge emphasis on their independence and problem solving skills because teaching them how to write the letter A is not going to teach them how to, mm-hmm. they, they might learn how to go and wash themselves in the shower, but then you leave the shampoo out and they don't wash their hair for a month because they didn't mm-hmm. know to tell you how to communicate to tell you that they didn't, there was no shampoo in there. So we have to teach them from A to Z, all the problem solving skills in, in between that. Um, so, you know, we, we do things, we make them independent. We, well, we, we encourage independence from very, very Mm -hmm. young. Um, you know, they'll make their own food, their own lunch. They, and we look at how to eat around a table, how to communicate at a table. Mm -hmm. Um, things that we learn, you know, a lot of people, you, maybe mom did, everything for you at home like my mom I was very spoiled but at 18 when I left I knew how to iron I knew how to make myself a sandwich uh-huh. we learn um incidentally people with autism don't they have to be taught everything explicitly and why they're doing it um we also do a lot of work on emotional regulation and social skills work mm. 
So I would like to ask because um, I'm hearing about all the things you teach them. Are yes. the hours? Would you say they're the same as like a regular school, or perhaps when you said about teaching the children to like wash themselves, is, mm. does the school have boarding facilities, or are the hours just slightly longer? We have generally the same hours as a as your um, mainstream mm-hmm. schools. Um, we do have a boarding, um, well, not a boarding, we have a hostel, um, but there's not a lot of children that utilize it because mm-hmm. of our catchment areas and that it's, it's not, it used to be, um, a lot more, um, fuller, but at the moment it's not really needed by, by parents. There's only a select number of children there. Um, but we do teach it in the classes we have. Um, we do, well, not at the moment, obviously with COVID, but yeah. before, if we went swimming, then, the emphasis wasn't really on the swimming. It was, what do you need to go swimming? You need your towel. You need mm-hmm. this. And, and then they would go and get dressed. And so everything. And which way does the costume go? Is it inside or outside? Those are things that you need to mm-hmm. teach over and over again. Yes. And perhaps they can do. And what we often see in children is that we'll, this parents will say, yeah, but they know how to get dressed. But as soon as the context changes, now it's almost mm-hmm. like it's completely different. Yeah. So now they can't, they don't get changed there, which means if they go to a public pool for a friend's birthday, then they might not know how to change there. Mm-hmm. So it's just practicing over and over in different contexts as well. Okay, yes. And I remember we were discussing before the show, you also said that generally the classes are much smaller, less than 10, less than two digits, about nine at most, yes. six, seven on average. And just because the teacher doesn't need to be overwhelmed and she has a teaching assistant. So that's very interesting. I'd like to ask if there are any myths that surround autism that are very harmful and very untrue that you'd like to debunk? Um, the biggest one that, that we know is absolutely untrue is that mm-hmm. the MMR vaccination causes autism. I think a lot yeah. of people think it does. And there is unequivocal evidence that it, there's no correlation yeah. between the MMR and, and autism. And the study that supported that was um, debunked and disregarded. So that's one of the biggest ones. I also feel like there is just like a bit of a stigma around autistic people. Like I was even just thinking back to when I was thinking about Sheldon for some reason and that quote that I said, and I don't even believe that. Like looking back on the Big Bang Theory, the show had a lot of very problematic writing and language that they used to describe a whole bunch of things. But even that way the way they treated Sheldon who I guess many times they implied might have or might be on the autistic spectrum might not have been very useful it might have been very harmful for them to treat him like that and I just feel like in general the way people just talk about autistic people I think we need to address the language we use when we are addressing these situations and people who are on the spectrum so I think that is something I would like to see a lot less of the stigma and the judgment that's passed towards them. I'd like to ask, what is an important fact about autism that you wish everyone knew? Um, okay, well, there are two. <laughs> and sort of linking into what you were saying is, and um, I'm a huge advocate for autism, and, and thank you for that, because if there is one thing, if there is a child screaming and you see a parent and you you can see there's something just maybe a little bit different, mm-hmm. people mustn't be scared of difference ask a question if you need to don't judge first i think we need to put our judgments aside Mm -hmm. it is not easy to it's not easy for the parents it's not easy for the child most of all it's not easy for the child Mm. or the person with autism and our children can learn but they learn differently yes um it's a different way of thinking so if you can put aside what you know and just look at them for for Mm -hmm. 
their purity and understand that they will always see things that we cannot see. They notice things in the world that we will never notice. That beautiful little flower, because we're so busy watching a nice car go past and they see this beautiful flower that's just opened. You know, they look at the small things that maybe we don't always notice in life. Yeah. Generally, I think as humans, we need to be nicer to each other, Yes, <laughs> especially people who are different. You can't see me because we our Facebook Live has unfortunately gone down. But I am <laughs> holding up air quotes about different because what is normal? And I would like to ask you one last question. We were speaking about this before the show started. So if you don't want to share, I totally understand. But you said that in order to teach autism, which I also believe is a calling, Like not everyone is called to certain areas of work. You have to really have a passion. And I feel like in working with people and especially in service industries, like in hospitals, as nurses, as doctors, you really need to have a love for people and children. So how did you hear your calling to go into teaching autism? Um, When I was 16, so that was many moons ago, (laughs) I met a little boy when I was actually um, doing job shadowing for a different profession. And there was just something in him that sparked this this desire in my heart that I didn't know I had. And I studied at UCT and in my final year, I'm sorry, I studied speech therapy at UCT. And in my final year, I did my prac at Vera School where I am now. And the second I walked in there, it was... You know, when you walk into your house and mm. it's a smell, you know, you're never going to stop smelling. Yeah. It's the people, you know, you're never going to stop smiling at. And they, the children just, you know, I'm so blessed that people have jobs to earn money. And I have a job that's changed my heart, it's changed mm. my life. And every day I learn something. And if you have children and people that can change you, that's a value that you cannot, there's no value you can put on that. And when people are called to Vera, you kind of don't ever want to leave. Yeah. It's it's a it's a family, it's a community, um, but it is very it's it's tough. It's it's challenging some days, but you find that that passion and that love yeah. each and every day. And it's so like obvious that you have this passion, like it pours <laughs> out of you, and it's very it's very wonderful to speak to people who genuinely enjoy what they do, and they're not just very money oriented, but they actually care about making a change in other people's lives. My goodness. I really, really enjoyed this interview. And I'm so glad that you joined us. Thank you so much, Daniil. I'm so thankful for your enjoy, for your presence, for your sharing, and just for what you do for these children. It's very, I, I thank you personally. Well, thank you very much for making time for them and us. <laughs> Anytime. I would love to have you guys on if ever you'd love to come on. I, I just, I really like speaking about things like this i think it's very important it's very important to start the conversation to approach these things because in secrecy a lot of things are hidden so i'm glad that we did this thank you thanks 180 degrees on i am youth movement Welcome back to the Bible quiz section of the show. Now, I'm so excited for this week's Bible quiz. I think it's very interesting. It's a question that has literally sparked. Actually, this question is related to a movie that I watched when I was very young. I'm sure a lot of you guys watched it. It was one of those animation films 
that Disney was making when they were on top of their game with animation. So I would like to ask you guys, who in the Bible had the coat of many colors? Now, he had many brothers. So if you're confused, I understand they were like, what? 12 of them or something. But if you have any idea what it is, we know what the musical is or you know the movie, please WhatsApp us at 081-729-1657. I repeat, 081-729-1657. A hint if you guys would like to have it and you have a Bible nearby, you can find the answer in Genesis 37 verses 7. But try not to look at that or Google it. Try to think about this one. Follow us on Facebook today. I am radio. We asked you guys a question and it was this week's Bible quiz. And we got a correct answer from someone who I imagined would know the answer. And she guessed it correctly. And I'm very glad about that. It was indeed Joseph. He was the man with many coats made for him by his father who favored him above his brothers. And that is why they sold him into slavery, which honestly, that was a bit extreme of them. I feel like there were other methods they could have done, you know, to avoid this. They could have spoken to their dad. They could have just burnt the coat or something. They didn't have to sell him into slavery. But that's all I have for this week's Bible quiz. If you guys guessed it, I'm so glad that you know your Bible studies. That's amazing. Now let's head on into the happy health tip. Health tips. How to be happy in your health. It's not just about being healthy, it's about being happy. Should be quite interesting. Chocolates are the true source of happiness. Now, welcome to the happy health tip, you guys. This one is a very happy one that I have been doing quite a bit. Now, this week's happy health tip is walking, which seems very simple but it's actually quite effective as someone who has daily steps of less than like <laughs> 2,000 steps a day. When I do get around to making about 10,000 steps, I can tell you there's just something very different about me. I can never quite put my finger on it, but every time I actually exercise, it just does wonders for my mood. And I know it's helping my health as well, even though I may not feel it, but I would encourage you guys to walk. So on fitness apps, like the default one that your iPhone or regular smartphone might come with, 10 steps is like your 10,000 steps is like the limit that you might want to hit. But do you know why? 10,000 steps roughly equates to about 8 kilometers, which is the recommended distance to walk each day to decrease certain health risks in adults, including high blood pressure and heart disease. This case can be a lofty goal, especially when everyone is stuck inside during COVID times, which I know we were not getting those steps in during the first when we thought it was just going to be three weeks of lockdown. I know no one was walking around their house trying to get their 10,000 steps. You were just trying to get a relaxing, fun time for three weeks and then you would be back. But little did we know. But anyways, it is recommended that you do not shoot for 10,000 steps immediately. If you're far off from that, you might give yourself shock. You should never just dive into anything like that, guys. Please always ease into everything you need to go into. Rather increase your steps a day by maybe about 250 or 500 steps every day. And then after a week, you can do another 250 or 500 until you reach 10,000. Please, guys, do not just go on some random marathon. You don't need you don't need to prove it to anyone. Just take your steps every day, reach 10,000, even exceed that if you want to. And it'll do wonders for your health. 
your mood and just everything about you. And that's all we have for this week's Happy Health Tips. 180 degrees on I Am Youth Movement. This week, we had a very exciting episode of 180 Degrees. We had some fun restaurants you guys could visit. We had some interesting Bible quizzes based on TV shows. Well, actually, the TV shows were based on these Bible quizzes. And then we also had an interesting, very interesting, but very underrated happy health tip of walking and how important it is. And then we had something that was my favorite part of this week's episode. And that was us speaking to Daniel Heim from the Vera School about autism and the spectrum and how to how not to be judgmental. And I'm, I'm very glad that we had this episode. If you guys would like to play it for someone you know, you can find us on our website at the podcast. It'll be up in about two or three days. You guys would like to share this with anyone. You can send them the link. And oh my goodness, I was just thinking to myself, as it always happens every week, the time has really flown by. We are at the bottom of the hour already. I'm not sure how we got here so quickly. It feels very weird. So you have been listening to 180 Degrees. I am Zoe George. Please stay tuned for the youth show that's going to play after this song, Just a Friend by Jamie Grace. And this has been 180 Degrees. Signing out. We'll be back here again next week talking about something very interesting. You guys do not want to miss that episode. Goodbye for now. Tweet us at I am Y Movement.